Oh, Jesus, we are so humbled to be in your presence this morning, Father. That you allow us, even just the knowledge of who you are. That you got here before we did. That you prepared the space for us. Father, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying and eyes to see what you're doing and hearts to receive your message this morning, Father, that we wouldn't miss it, that we wouldn't miss you in the room. Father, we submit ourselves to your word this morning. We submit ourselves to your authority and your power. We submit our minds and our thoughts and our opinions and our preconceived notions to what you say this morning. Because who are we to question you? Who are we to question your word? You are the Lord. You are Jesus Christ. You are on the throne. So we submit ourselves, Father, to your message, and we thank you for it. I pray that it changes us. I pray that we leave different than we came because we heard from you. We can't get in your presence and remain the same. So we submit ourselves to your presence this morning, Jesus. So humbled, so thankful. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. Enlarge our capacity to be able to behold you more greatly this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> it's so good to be with you. It's so good. I'm so thankful. Um, Gosh, I had like an introduction, but I think I know you all. So you know me already. <laughs> um, so I'll skip that part. Um, so thank you. Thanks. Excuse me. So um, I have the honor and the privilege, oh gosh, to um, share a message that the Lord has been um, building in my heart and making true for me. Um, for probably five years, and most recently he's been refining it and adding to it and shaping it, and so I'm so excited um, just to be able to release that to you. I have come to know it. It has become a part of my heart and a part of my message, and, and I have seen the fruit of it. I have walked it out with him, um, and I have seen the fruit of submitting to um, God's authority, and the message title this morning is Honoring God's Authority. So as the men, Pastor Steve and Richard, my husband, and the men are up in the mountains doing manly mountain things, um, I'm so thankful, so thankful to be with you. This feels like family. This is family. And I'm just thankful to, um, just thankful. I might say that like 25 more times. Just thankful. So thankful. <laughs> okay. So, um, so since January of this year, we have been on this beautiful journey of the revealing of Jesus Christ through the book of Revelation. 
And if you have been um, consistent and here and feasting, man, hasn't it been so good? I feel like our minds have been learning so much, but our capacity for Jesus Christ has grown bigger. And our hope for the future has um, just grown bigger on the inside of us. I know it's true for me. So we've been going through the book of Revelation, and we've been going through the different letters to the churches. We went through Daniel's 70th week. We went through the throne room. Um, we discovered ourselves as the 24 elders, the sea of glass, Jesus being the only one worthy to open the scroll. We've learned about Jesus as the lion and the lamb, and us, the church, reigning with Jesus. We went through the big shift where the power of God is ramping up and the signs of Jesus' return. And throughout this remarkable revelation of Jesus and the church, we have said yes and amen. Our minds and our hearts have come into alignment with all that we've learned through the book of Revelation because it's all good news for us who believe. We have willingly and rightfully so agreed about God and all that he has established through his authority from the beginning pertaining to his position on the throne and our position around the throne. Clothed in white garments, wearing golden crowns, we have shouted week after week after week, yes and amen. So speaking about God's authority, we see in John that all things are established through God's authority. John 1.1 1, 1 through 3 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and without him nothing was made that was made. Jesus, the word, and God through their inherent authority established everything in the beginning. They established the seen and the unseen, the spoken and the unspoken, the past, the present, the future, on the earth and under the earth, inside of time and outside of time. They established the who's, the what's, the when's, the where's, the why's. They established your breath and my breath and what it would be used for. Psalm 150 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I love that. So coming into the understanding of God's authority leads to a healthy fear of the Lord, a reverence for him, which the Bible says in Proverbs 9.10 is the beginning of wisdom, which then leads to a humble heart and the utmost honor for God and his authority, which motivates our obedience. To honor God's authority is not only to honor his power of authority that has us clothed in white garments wearing golden crowns, nor is it only to honor the authority that frees us and saves us and heals us and delivers us and gives us favor and moves mountains on our behalf, but to honor God's authority is also to honor his commands and his principles. And this is what I've seen the fruit of. Because the principles tell us to be an active part of the body, 1 Corinthians, to serve, Matthew 5, to desire spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians, to love those who hate you, Matthew 5, to die daily, 1 Corinthians, to not be offended, Proverbs 19, to honor your father and your mother, Exodus 20, to love and respect your spouse, Ephesians 5, to be still and know that he is God, 
Psalm 46. To run from evil, Amos 5. To not mix light with dark, 2 Corinthians. To not be lukewarm, Revelation 3. To abide, John 15. To pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians. To go out making disciples and baptizing them, Matthew 28. And to not fear, because God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy. The Lord showed me that we often want the benefits of God's authority, like his power and his proactivity in our life, but we are far less eager to be obedient to his authority that requires us to do our part by living out his commands and principles. We applaud and we praise rightfully the fact that he laid down his life for us, but we are far less eager to truly lay down our own, which is the only appropriate response to the authority of God. We cannot cherry pick from God's authority and please the Lord at the same time. The same authority that crucified Christ and raised him from the dead, freeing us from sin and death, also instructs us to not gossip, which is in so many places in Proverbs, I couldn't pick just one, to forgive, Luke 17, to submit to leadership, Hebrews, to be humble, James 4, to bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6, to be sober-minded, 1 Peter, to resist the devil, James 4, and to bear the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, Galatians 5. His authority tells us to put on the full armor of God. Ephesians 6 tells us to flee from idolatry. 1 Corinthians tells us to not quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians to meditate on what is true and noble and just and pure. Philippians 4 tells us to hear and do the word of God. James 1 to live as if this world is not our home. 1 Peter and to keep watch and be ready for Christ's return. Matthew 24 to be ready means to walk out all of the above. The book Spiritual Authority, um, Pastor Steve gave me months ago, and we're now taking it, um, taking part of our youth leadership through this book. It's amazing, and I'm going to share just a snippet of it. Um, the author, Watchman Nee, talks about the origin of Satan, and he shares uh, that in Isaiah 14, talks about violating God's authority, and in Ezekiel 28, talks about Satan trespassing, tra trespassing against God's holiness. So Isaiah talks about violating God's authority, Ezekiel trespassing against God's holiness. And he states in the book that to offend God's authority is a rebellion more serious than offending God's holiness because it's a matter of principle, more so than sinning, which is more easily forgiven. The act of sin was not the cause of Satan's fall, but the product of his rebellion against authority was. The book states, when we serve God, we must not violate authority, because to do so is a principle of Satan. Right? I'm going to read a um, short paragraph from page 13 that talks about obedience to God's authority. God uses his utmost power to maintain his authority, 
Therefore, his authority is the hardest thing to come up against. We who are self-righteous and yet so blind need once in our life to encounter God's authority so that we may be broken into submission and so begin to learn obedience to the authority of God. Before a man can subject himself to God's delegated authority, he must first meet God's inherent authority. A couple definitions we have. So delegated authority is authority obtained from another since the authority does not naturally exist. So what we get from him is delegated authority. It doesn't naturally exist in us. God's inherent authority is authority possessed without it being derived from another. We will never be able to receive from God his delegated authority until we understand his inherent authority, which is simply who he is. Nobody gave it to him. He doesn't get it from another resource. It is established. He's the only uncreated being, as is his authority. We're going to look at how God... Um, prefers obedience over sacrifice in 1 Samuel 15. You can go ahead and get there with me if you like. It's also going to be up on the board. So 1 Samuel 15, if you have your Bible or your phone, um, verses 1 through 23. The Lord rejects Saul. Verse 1. And Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, Israel. Therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have noted what Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way when they came out of Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, oxen and sheep, camel and donkey. So Samuel, uh, Saul summoned the people, and numbered them to Telaim, 200,000 men on foot, 10,000 men of Judah. Saul came to the city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Kenites, go, depart, go down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and devoted to destruction all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and the fattened calves and the lambs and all that was good and did not Utterly destroy them. All that was despised and worthless, they devoted to destruction. The word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me. He has not performed my commandments. Samuel was angry and he cried to the Lord all night. And Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning. And it was told Samuel, Saul came to Carmel and behold, he set up a monument for himself and turned and passed on and went down to Gilgal. Samuel came to Saul and Saul said to him, blessed be you to the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, 
What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Samuel said, they've brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice to your Lord. And the rest we've devoted to destruction. Samuel said, stop, I will tell you what the Lord said to me in the night. And he said to him, speak. Samuel said, though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. The Lord sent you on a mission and said, go, devote to destruction the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they're consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Saul said to Samuel, I've obeyed the voice of the Lord. I've gone on the mission which the Lord sent me. I've brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I've devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and auction, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God and Gilgal. Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. The Lord said to me, in our offering is still our will. We're still involved when we give an offering to the Lord. But in our obedience, we are fully surrendered to God's authority. So he half listened, but he still stayed involved. He's, he, didn't, he spared, right? He didn't fully obey. He was still involved because he wanted to give the offering, the sacrifice. So again, in our offering is still our will, but in our obedience, we are fully surrendered to God's authority. Today, we have a choice to walk in the flesh, which tends to want to offer a sacrifice over acting in obedience, or to walk in the spirit. The flesh wants to offer a sacrifice, but the spirit wants to offer itself rather than a sacrifice. As an act of obedience, rather than a religious response? Are we walking in the spirit or the flesh in response to all that has been established through God's authority from the beginning? If we don't fully understand God's authority, we will never serve wholeheartedly. We will never love the way God loves. We will never honor one another. We will never truly walk in obedience to God's written word. We will remain self-serving and lacking in various things. We will not experience the fullness of God's power in our lives. We will lack wisdom and knowledge and understanding. We will get offended and we will stay offended. We will be in disunity and we will tear down the church rather than build it up. We will continue to walk in rebellion. And because God created us to be connected and part of one body, the consequences of one of us refusing to submit ourselves to God's authority doesn't just affect us, it actually affects the entire body. And it affects our households. I believe that the lack of acknowledging 
and obedience and submission to the entirety of God's authority is why some of the church still wrestles with sin and sickness, mental and emotional torment, lack of knowledge and wisdom, lack of authority and power, lack of desire and understanding for the word of God, ignorance to the ways of the Lord, deception, spiritual immaturity, and cycles of addiction, shame, and moral failures. I'm going to read a little bit from the book of Job. I'm not going to read it all because I'm just going to pick through um, chapters 38 and 42, and that would be a lot. That would be a lot of reading. So I'm not going to read all that. But um, just to summarize, the chapters are God's response to Job and Job's brief replies. Uh, I'll elaborate in a minute. So starting um, in 38.1, the Lord is saying to Job, Who is this that darkness counsels by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know! Exclamation point. (laughs) I love him so much. Right? Like, he can totally speak to us like that, but we would never talk to God that way. (laughs) We're like, yes, 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 yes. Whatever you said. No exclamation point. (laughs) On what were its bases sunk, or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all of the sons of God shouted for joy, or who shut in the sea with doors? When it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment, and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed limits for it, and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far shall you come, and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began, and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth, and the wicked be shaken out of it? So he goes on and on and on, and many more verses, um, to kind of put Job in check. And then Job gives a short answer, and he says, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you when you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. (laughs) So appropriate, right? So they go back and forth a little bit. And then eventually Job humbles himself and he acknowledges and he recognizes the authority of God. And the Lord rebukes Job's friends um, and then tells Job to go and pray for them. And then God restores Job's fortune. But it wasn't until after Job recognized his lack of understanding for God's authority that God blessed him. First, Job humbled himself to repentance in dust and ashes. And then the Lord began to do the miracles in his life. And then God restored back to him all that he had lost and more. Hmm. Go ahead and close your eyes. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us 
possibly just our innocent lack of understanding or um, knowledge of the authority of God. Perhaps we have trampled on that and we didn't even know it. Or perhaps we actually have a problem with authority. Maybe we grew up with a really harsh father. Or maybe we've had an abusive husband. Holy Spirit, would you reveal to us where we have disobeyed your authority? Maybe we have rejected those you've placed in authority. Maybe we just didn't know. Maybe we just didn't acknowledge that we were living in disobedience. So Holy Spirit, would you just reveal to each of us right now our error we submit our minds to you. We submit what we think we know. And we just ask that you, through your word and through your Holy Spirit, correct our hearts. Perhaps it's in our husband and wife relationship. We have dishonored your authority there. Perhaps as a husband, we haven't loved our wife the way we've been commanded, or as a wife, we haven't submitted and the ways that you've called us to submit. Perhaps we haven't submitted to your authority because we're still living in sin. We're still a slave to our flesh. Father, send your spirit. We ask for revelation right now. Father, thank you for the understanding of your authority. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you that we are responsible for what we know. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for how we have dishonored you by dishonoring others. Correct us this morning, Lord. Show us our error. We humble ourselves before you. So whatever the Holy Spirit says to you, have that conversation. Whether it's he's leading you to repentance, whether it's a new revelation, oh Lord, forgive me, I just didn't know. Have that conversation with him. Let him put his finger on an area of your heart. Maybe you've acknowledged his authority in some areas and not other areas. Last night as I was falling asleep, the Lord was wowing me and just showing me all of these ways that his authority has established things and held everything together. And he was like, you know, it's my authority that keeps the sun at just the right distance so that you don't burst into flames. 
It's my authority that sustains everything. It's my authority that gives the soil the nutrients to bear good fruit for you to eat. It's my authority that keeps your heartbeat at just the right rhythm that you can survive. You can get excited and it can speed up. You can sleep and it can slow down. It's all held together by the authority of the Lord. Wow, Lord. Jesus, we are so wowed by your authority. We are in awe of your authority. We see it and we hear it and we are so thankful for it. We would never want to trample on that. We would never come against that. Father, I just pray that you touch our hearts in such a way that we're just as quick to come into agreement with your authority that tells us to run and flee from evil and darkness. That we would not cherry pick from your word of God, that we would not only take the stuff that serves us, but we would want to serve you. Oh, Lord, forgive us. Would y'all just stand and open your hands to the Lord? If you feel called to repentance, then get on your face before Jesus. Even that, sometimes we're so willing to process up here, but we're so unwilling to process down here. If you're wrestling with God's authority on the inside right now, he's not offended. Wrestle it out. He's going to win. Father, it is your kindness that leads us to repentance. It is your mercy. It is your grace. It is your authority. In which Jesus submitted and went to the cross. this morning and that until we grasp that we will never receive your delegated authority the authority that will set us free that will set our families free the authority that will come through us when we touch and lay hands and see healing and oh how we want to see healing Oh, how we want to operate in the gifts of your spirit. Oh, how we want to see so many come to Jesus. Oh, how we want our neighbors healed 
from disease. Oh, how we want to see families restored, marriages restored, prodigals return. So we take the responsibility this morning to acknowledge your inherent authority. Because then will we receive the authority that the signs and the wonders and the miracles will follow. It is you and you alone. It all belongs to you, Jesus. You were in the beginning. Who are we? You saw everything come into formation. Where were we? You established everything on the earth and under the earth. Where were we? Father, I ask that in those of us that authority was abused, would you heal that? That we would have a right understanding of your authority. You are not a man. You are not a man that you would abuse us. You are not a man. So I ask that you heal that right now. That nothing would hinder our understanding and our longing to submit. You are not a man. You are the Lord. We thank you for all of it, Lord. We thank you for all of it, Lord, the entirety of your authority. We thank you for the principles and the commands. We thank you for all of it. This morning as I was getting ready, the Lord said, today is the fruit of your understanding and obedience to authority. You're actually seeing the teenagers in the youth group get baptized and activated in the Holy Spirit because of your obedience to authority. Because of your acknowledgement that I am the Lord and everything happens through me. Y'all, there is fruit that we will see manifest in our lives, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Cycles will be broken in your family when you submit to the authority of God. Empowerment will come in your life when you submit to the authority of God. It's, it's the fruit. It doesn't have a choice but to bear. 
because it's who he is. Temptation will flee from you once you submit to the authority of God. You will have power over anxiety and fear when you acknowledge and submit yourself to the entirety of God's authority. We cannot cherry pick. Your relationships will bear the fruit when you, not when you wait for somebody else to submit, but when you submit yourself to God's authority. Your marriage will bear fruit. Your children will bear fruit. Sometimes we pray for somebody else to get it, but we don't walk in it. Lord, can't you just do that in them? But perhaps he's saying, can't I just do that in you? I encourage you to continue this conversation with him. It's a lot to grasp. (laughs) His authority, the authority of God. (laughs) What can we know of it, right? So I encourage you to continue this conversation with him. Ask him, what does that look like in my life? What does that look like in my marriage? What, what, how is that going to look? What might the fruit be? What is under your authority? What isn't under your authority? <laughs> it's all. So just continue this conversation with him. Because we got to get it. It's God. We can't be disobedient to his authority, but receive him. They're one. It's who he is. It's how everything Everything flows from his authority. So I encourage you to continue that conversation. I thank you, thank you, thank you for coming this morning and for um, just being family. It's really sweet to be able to share um, among family. The Father loves you. The Father loves this church. He loves this body. You are right where you're supposed to be. Ask him what his authority, submitting to his authority looks like in this body. Lord, where are you calling me to be connected? Because he's got a plan for you here. How else are we going to know that, right? How are we going to be obedient to that? It's his authority. Submit yourself. Let it bear its fruit here. We thank you, Jesus. Father, may everything you said today grow, be watered and grow. And Lord, if there was anything spoken out of my mouth that wasn't you, would it have fallen on deaf ears? Because your words are the only eternal ones. We love you and we trust you. And we submit ourselves to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.